Today is December 19th and exactly 20 years ago I was at a nightclub in Panama where I had gone to spend my Christmas holidays. I had just gone for dinner with my brother and his new girlfriend and gone to watch the movie Sea of Love with Al Pacino. Just after midnight, the owner of the club shut the music off, made an announcement that there were disturbances and that we should all finish our drinks and go home. We knew what disturbances meant. For the last two weeks, there had been several mini clashes between the Panamanian military and the American soldiers stationed in Panama, which had led General Manuel Noriega to go on national television and declare that Panama was in a state of war against the United States. As my friends and I made our way to one of their homes, we passed three U.S. Army trucks rolling down one of Panama City's main avenues, and we knew that these were not just normal disturbances. And thus began one of the most interesting and life-altering nights of my life. Anyone who's been in a war can probably say the same. We stayed up all night as we heard bomb blasts and airplanes and choppers flying overhead. In the distance, out the window, we could see the flames resulting from the blasts as we followed the developments on radio and television. This was Operation Just Cause, the U.S. invasion of Panama, carried out to protect the Panama Canal, to capture dictator Manuel Noriega, and to return the country to democracy. For the next week, leading us to Christmas, I experienced the real meaning of the holiday as we were in a city in lockdown, with limited mobility, with army tanks and trucks parked on the side of the road, and street barricades reinforced with U.S. Army-issued barbed wire. Operation Just Cause was exactly that, a just cause. Not that violence is ever warranted, but we do believe in the concept of a just war. Now let me be really clear, I am not speaking about Vietnam or Grenada or Iraq. I am very specifically speaking about the invasion of Panama 20 years ago. In my opinion, it was a successful mission. It lasted about eight hours, and the so-called occupation lasted only two weeks. About 500 people did lose their lives, and this is very serious. Many ended up in mass graves, and many, many thousands lost their homes. But Panama today is a much better place because the three goals of Operation Just Cause were achieved. Panama is now a democracy, no longer recovering, but thriving. So tonight, please join me in remembering the people who lost their lives 20 years ago, and in thanksgiving for how God has blessed the Panamanian people, despite, or rather, in the midst of our struggles. My name is Pedro, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to our last regular Salt and Light Radio program of the year. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Chris Dimitrenko. Chris, this is our 49th show. Hard to believe I it. Know. It feels like we just started this, Pedro. Although at the same time, it also feels like it's the 349th show. At times. <laughs> at times. Anyway, Hopefully we, not for our viewers. No, no, no. We have Or listeners, rather. We have a lot to get through today, Chris. Um, year end. Um, do you remember the whole controversy about the HPV vaccine? Yes, I mean, it seems to have subsided now that people are it talking has. about the H1N1 vaccine, but certainly it was very huge news here in Canada one year ago. 
Yes, I know. And in fact, I think that some the H1N1 vaccine has brought some of this vaccine thing back to people's minds. So today we're going to speak into uh, salt and light producer Alicia Ambrosio. She's been working on a Catholic focus, looking at the HPV vaccine controversy. And so she'll join us today to tell us all about that. Um, but as usual, Chris, we'll start with you and the news. Yes, uh, we're going to be speaking in a little bit about a very well-timed message from the Pope for the World Day of Peace. I think it uh, is very appropriate for a few different reasons. We'll get to that later, as well as, uh, thankfully, what we hope to be the end of one of the worst child abuse scandals here in Canada, and hopefully uh, now it's it's a time of closure and moving forward, we hope. Yes, Chris, and we'll get uh, details on those stories in a little bit. And, of course, Mary Rose, she's waiting in the wings. She'll bring us up to speed on what's happening in diocese across the country. But let's start, as we always do, with a song. Our featured artist today uh, is a man in black. He's a priest, Father Tim Devine, who has been making music with his brother Matt since they were kids. And uh, here they are with the title track of their album, Not Ordinary. I'm not as lost as sheep At least I thought so Since when did I cut my teeth And grow too big to see That all I have comes from you And that I need you I'm not ordinary I am called by you
was not ordinary by the Divine Brothers. We will be speaking to Father Tim Divine a little later on. Mary Rose is here with me now. So, don't you love that song? That's the that's the theme do. song from In Your that's Faith. Great, I do love it's it. It's so good. Anyway, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org, and our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org/blog. My name is Pedro and Mary Rose. What's going on that people should know about? Well, in Regina, everybody's invited to the Taze Prayer at St. Francis School Chapel on December 21st from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Now, um, this simple prayer, as we've mentioned before, is based on the daily prayer form of the ecumenical community of the Brothers in Taize, France. And it consists of, of chants, psalms of praise, short readings from scripture, silent prayer, and reflection. And this hour of prayer is for unity among Christians and for reconciliation among all humanity. So check the Archdiocesan website for details. And on December 28th, there will be Reflections of the First Christmas, a choir concert held at the Resurrection Parish at 7 p.m. And for those who missed the first World Youth Day meeting in October, there will be a second meeting on January 9th at the St. John the Baptist Parish Hall in Estevan. All those interested in joining the Archdiocesan group are invited to come. Already planning for World Youth Day. Yes, that's right. Everybody has to go. So Saskatoon, St. Patrick Parish will be having a contemplative mass which is designed to allow space for reflection and and recognizing the intimate presence of Christ. So Father Kevin McGee will give a brief presentation on centering prayer so you can relax in the abiding presence of Christ. And the Mass will be held at 7 p.m. on Friday, January 8th. Please call Father McGee at 306-384-1100 for more information. And finally, for this uh, section on Winnipeg, from Monday, December 28th until Friday, January 1st, hundreds of young adults across Canada are coming together to celebrate God's real presence in their lives and the ways in which His glory is manifested around them. And that's for Rise Up Conference for Young Adults. We've mentioned that before. So don't miss this opportunity to be a witness of the great hope and zeal sweeping our nation and the youth of our country. So for more information, visit the website at www.cco.ca slash rise up. And can I just say, because I'm sure if you go to the website, it's going to say that it's sold out, <laughs> but do not be discouraged. If you are in the Winnipeg area and you don't, you, you're around, you want to go, I'm sure that you can just show up and maybe not attend the whole conference, but go to some parts of it, some of the talks. It, it's, it's certainly worth your while. I highly encouraged to go to rise up. And His Grace Archbishop Albert Legat will be welcoming all members of the Archdiocese to his house on New Year's Day from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. And a special welcome is extended to families, children, and all who wish to receive a personal blessing from their Archbishop. Very good. That's it for now. Mary Rose is uh, going to go back uh, backstage and, and get warmed up for the next, uh, <laughs> next half <laughs> of events. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. I'm Chris Dimitrenko. Uh, Pedro, uh, we were going to talk uh, today about two different things, about mm-hmm. the Pope's message for the World Day of Peace, right. but also for the, the conclusion of, uh, of a sex abuse controversy that was here in Canada. Yes. It's been something that's been going on for decades, so it was very big news they released the final report uh, from an inquiry uh, about these uh, these abuse cases that were going on in Cornwall, Ontario. 
right. not too far away from Ottawa, Ontario. Mm -hmm. uh, commission studied to seven different institutions, including the Catholic Diocese, the Attorney General's Office, the Children's Aid Society, and they said that they all really fell short of doing what they needed to do to protect children. But the report also blamed the provincial and local police for allowing a climate of fear and suspicion that led to un unsta unsubstantiated rumors of a pedophilia ring. Right. And uh, this was the impression that many people were getting from, from reports was that, was that this was perhaps much bigger than it actually was. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, Bishop Paul-André de Rocher, the bishop for the Diocese of Alexandria, Cornwall, reaffirmed his concern uh, for the, the victims because there were many real victims uh, of this situation saying that on behalf of the Catholic Diocese that I lead, I want to apologize to you for the suffering and indignity caused by those in a position of trust and authority who have robbed you of your innocence. That should never have happened, period. So very straightforward, not yeah. making any excuses at all. Uh, he did say, however, that the diocese has adopted many of the, has made many changes, and he noted that uh, most of the recommendations made by this, this commission, this four-year commission uh, study, the diocese has already long since adopted them themselves, and any outstanding ones they'll be doing so in the new year. Mm -hmm. And so uh, really uh, he is hoping, and, and Cornwall is hoping that that people can now turn the page now that this that this long inquiry is complete. Uh, now we also wanted to speak about the World Day of Peace message. Now people who follow these things very closely you'll know that the World Day of Peace is actually January 1st. But the Vatican released excerpts uh, of this message and it was very well timed. The, the title of the message is If You Want to Cultivate Peace, Protect Creation. And it's one of the Pope's strongest messages on the environment. Time to coincide uh, the release of these excerpts, it seems possibly, uh, unless it's a coincidence, with the final days of the Climate Change Conference, the United Nations Climate Change Conference in Copenhagen. And uh, the Pope speaks about, uh, uh, about climate change, saying that you know, we can't remain indifferent before the problems associated with such realities as climate change desertification, the deterioration and loss of productivity in vast agricultural areas, and he goes on and on and on about m the many different r very real environment problems and their effects on human lives. And uh, he said that, suffice, uh, sad to say, it's all too evident that large numbers of people in different countries and areas of our planets are experiencing increased hardship because of the negligence or refusal of many to exercise responsible stewardship and he went on to to criticize the lack of far-sighted official policies and criticizing also the pursuit the pursuit of myopic economic interests and that this has become a threat to creation and in a message that could go directly to those leaders who are gathered in Copenhagen he said that the international community and national governments are responsible for sending the right signals in order to combat effectively the misuse of the environment. But one other way in which, Pedro, I think that this was uh, very well-timed uh, was he was talking about changing our lifestyles and consumer lifestyles, which is very appropriate as all of us are you know, busy shopping for our Christmas gifts. And, uh, and he says that we can no longer do without a real change of outlook, which will result in new lifestyles. We have to examine our lifestyle and the prevailing models of consumption and production which are often unsustainable, unsustainable from a social, environmental, and even economic 
point of view. And so uh, I think that this is a reminder for us when we're doing our Christmas shopping to wonder, you know, what are the consequences of the gifts that, that we are buying? Yes. I want to ask you, Pedro, are there any gifts on your shopping list which are green or sustainable shopping gifts? There's certainly a lot of gifts that have extra packaging that I wish I could get rid uh, of. It's mm -hmm. a little hard when you have children to, to not, not do with the extra packaging, which I, which I hate. I actually have complained to store owners like, why is there so much packaging? Keep the packaging, give me the gift, mm -hmm. <laughs> give me the toy or whatever. Um, you know what? Pope Benedict, always, uh, he's going to be remembered as the, the Pope on the ecology, always keeping us on our toes. You'd never think that, that, that when we think of peace, we think of war. You don't think about creation. And, and so this is a very important message, I think, to uh, remind us all of that. And he did say that, make the, really the very real connection that so many wars are caused by by uh, a fighting over natural, natural resources water. that yeah that are yes. a result of climate change and and I did want to add that he always links it links it in with the faith mm -hmm. and he even says that essentially the belief in God uh, helps us become more concerned about the environment and that yes. atheism diminishes a sense of responsibility he says whenever nature or human beings in particular are seen merely as products of chance or an evolutionary determinism our overall sense of responsibility wanes. So true, so true that that it's so true. What a what a great! I'm gonna have to. I haven't read the whole thing yet, so I'm looking forward to uh, spending some time with it. Well, there's only excerpts so far. Oh, so he hasn't released the full. Not the full text, but uh, but certainly uh, I'm sure the full text will be will released be on January first. January first. So something mm -hmm. to look forward to, Chris. That's this is that's it. That's our last news segment for the year. So, uh, Chris, you'll be back with us. We do have a show next week and the following week, but they're special shows w without new segments. So you'll be back with us the second week in January. So thank you so much, and, and have a blessed, blessed Christmas. You too, my friend. Thank you. So that was Krista Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio News producer. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Last year, the government of Ontario approved a plan to make available in elementary schools to girls a new vaccine against a sexually transmitted disease, HPV, which is known to lead to cervical cancer. Needless to say, this has led to some controversy, and to tell us all about it, we're joined by Salt and Light producer, Alicia Ambrosio. Alicia, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you. Thank so you for having me, Pedro. Yeah, so, so uh, basic, what is HPV? Okay, so HPV, it's the virus that causes genital warts, human papilloma virus. Okay. And along the way, there's a scientist, Harold Zerhausen, who discovered that certain of these strains of HPV uh, were not being cleared off by the body. So in normal cases, the body will just deal with an HPV virus the way it deals with any other virus. It'll just get rid of it. You okay. don't, you might not even know you have it. Okay. In some cases, it sticks around. They really are not sure why, but they know that there's certain strains that will just stick around. And if they stick around long enough, can end up developing into cervical cancer okay, in women. So just to clarify again, so there is not just one 
virus that we're talking about there were s there are several strains of hpv exactly. virus some of them not all of them but some of them may exactly. lead to cervical cancer and there's a vaccine now mm -hmm. but again not a vaccine for all of them but for certain strains no, right what exactly so what's the vaccine so the one that's being used in canada there's actually two on the market right now the one used in canada and the u.s is called gardasil and it protects against four strains of hpv two of those are the strains that are known to lead to cervical cancer, and two are not. So two are just your average HPV wart-causing strains. Okay. There is another vaccine called Cervarix, and that one is used in Europe, in Australia, other parts of the world. It's currently under review by the FDA in the US, and of course Canada is considering following suit. That one only protects against two strains of HPV and just the two cancer-causing strains. Okay, so here's a disease. I it's a disease mm -hmm. that's not great in some cases. There's mm -hmm. a vaccine. So what's the problem with having our girls vaccinated? Ah, okay. So this is where the waters get murky. HPV is a sexually transmitted infection. Right. So that's not to say that cervical cancer itself is necessarily sexually transmitted no. and doctors that I've spoken to have said there are other risk factors but none of them have quite as high a correlation to cervical cancer as HPV. So so HPV is not the only cause of cervical cancer but one of the main ones. Exactly. Okay. The most like they basically know that 98% okay. I believe of cervical cancers can be traced back to an HPV infection. So in order to prevent cervical cancer, if you're vaccinated against the HPV, but the it only way to catch HPV is to be engaged in some sexual activity. Exactly. Okay. So this is where the waters get murky. And this is, of course, where a lot of people have started saying, no, I'm not going to get this vaccine. I'm not going to give this vaccine to my daughter because it's sexually transmitted. I'm going to teach my daughter about abstinence and chastity and that will be that will be as effective more effective than the vaccine. Okay. So, this is where it gets controversial. Okay, so so the controversy is that then some people who might be uh, maybe questioning vaccines in general mm -hmm. or vaccines that haven't been tested enough, why are we have why are Catholic schools uh, uh, permitting or allowing grade seven, I think it's e grade seven, grade eight girls yes. to be vaccinated against something that might be That's a right. moot point. And of course, the government is pushing this and not just the Ontario government, but other provincial governments, other uh, U.S. state governments are pushing this. And most people out there can't understand why wouldn't you want your daughter to get this vaccine? Okay. So, so that's where there's um, there's some headbutting going on. So for some people, it might be a moral question. Um, just a note for anyone joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro. I'm speaking with Salt and Light uh, producer Alicia Ambrosio about the HPV vaccine controversy. Then a question, can can a parent or a, or a, or a girl, I suppose, mm -hmm. refuse to have the vaccine? So this is not compulsory. No, exactly. It's not compulsory. Um, there is no, you, you do need parent consent, I guess, as, as with every other vaccine that a child would get in a school, you need parental consent. Right. And for the most part, wherever this vaccine is being offered, there is the option to not get it. Some Catholic schools, most Catholic school boards, except for, uh, I think it's Calgary, has just chosen not to offer it at all. But some Catholic right. schools have decided, no, we're not going to offer it. Other than those few that have just flat out said, no, we're not going to offer it, it's left up to the parents. So the option is there. You can get it for your daughter if you'd like. You cannot get it. It's up to you. 
Right. I've, I've spoken to some parents that will say, well, getting the vaccine doesn't mean that my daughter is going to be sexually uh, mm -hmm. active or getting the vaccine is not going to encourage her to be sexually active, which I think some people will say that maybe that that, that would be the case. What does the church say? You spoke to... Uh, uh, yes, I spoke to, well, at the time, Father Bill McGratton, now Bishop-elect McGratton. Yes. And he made the very good point that we need to look at all the factors around this vaccine. The most important being, why are you planning to give this vaccine to your daughter? Mm -hmm. And I also spoke to a Catholic physician and she said the same thing. You need to look at why you're giving this to your, to your daughter. Are you giving this child a vaccine because it's easier to vaccinate them than it is to sit them down and show them and talk to them and be open about discussing chastity and the proper place for sexuality in, right. in human life? So right. we need to look at that. and. Basically, if you're giving this vaccine because it's easier to vaccinate than educate, mm -hmm. well, there you are. You're in the wrong there. Right. But if you're looking at this, if you're, A, informing yourself properly about the vaccine. So that means not just, you know, where does the disease come from, but also how's the disease, how's the vaccine made? Um, is it made, i.e., does it use stem cells? You know, if right. you're looking at those right. factors and you're also looking at how can this what are the other ways this disease can be prevented? You're examining right. all of these factors and you decide, I'm going to give my daughter this vaccine anyway, but I'm also going to continue to bring her up, teaching her what the Catholic Church says about human sexuality um, and just make it part of kind of a comprehensive approach. You know, it's, it's not not really putting too much focus on the fact that, okay, you've got this vaccine, you're safe. Right. So if you're doing it that way and you've made an informed decision and you know what all the risks are and you know that this vaccine doesn't um, get in the way, doesn't eliminate your duty to discuss chastity and sexuality with your children, mm -hmm. well then there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong in the church's eyes with protecting yourself against a disease. Right. Period. Uh-huh. And if you're approaching it that way, that's fine. Um, some people have also made the very valid point that you know your child, you know how your child is now, you don't know what decisions your child is going to make in the future, 5, yes. 10, 15 years from now. And your child, you also don't know um, who is your child going to marry eventually. If you're mm -hmm. teaching them, if you're teaching them that, you know, sex is to be saved for marriage, well, you and your child or your then grown-up child can't really control your spou your future spouse's past right so i can look for you know i can live my life according to catholic teaching i can have um you know catholic romantic relate you know romantic relationships that fall within what that the church chaste, teaches yes. that are chaste but who's to say that my future spouse as wonderful as he is now didn't might have now had a past, didn't yes. have you know a wild past yes exactly and okay well yeah. let me let me uh let me just clarify then so the church if it's not per se wrong or sinful to ha to get the vaccine because mm -hmm. i know you're having you were having a hard time first finding catholic physicians yes. that would speak to you yes. about and i think that well i'm not sure why and maybe you can tell us but you're also having a hard time finding parents who may or may not have ag agreed to vaccinate their their daughters but but right. who seem to be reluctant to speak to you about it why do you think that is this really boggles the mind. Um, I think with the doctors, it was a little bit of the information I was asking for kind of crossed several different categories. So uh -huh. it wasn't just medical. It was also touching on the moral. Um, and it wasn't just 
something a pediatrician would mm-hmm. encounter, but it was something that needed some sort of s- background in immunology. Right. So a lot of doctors were just for professional reasons, not wanting to speak about things that were not strictly within their, their, their domain, area, yeah. which I can understand. Um, in terms of parents, this I really don't know. I mean, I have a few ideas. I think that perhaps um, in certain circles, there's an expectation that if you're a Catholic parent raising your children, in accordance with Catholic teaching, you're just automatically going to say no to this vaccine because of the church's teaching on mm-hmm. sexuality. Mm-hmm. So I think in certain circles where a parent, if a parent is in those circles, surrounded by parents thinking like that, they might not want to reveal that they... That perhaps maybe they, they did yeah. get their daughter vaccinated. Yeah, or that they would like to, that they, they've informed themselves and they don't see anything yeah. wrong. What also has come to my attention is that in some cases, in a public school system especially, where a family decides not to have the daughter vaccinated, that daughter might then be subjected to some scare tactics on part of the school's health staff, so like the school nurse and whatnot. That daughter might... um, Targeted to get get her vaccinated. Exactly. Interesting, interesting. Alicia, that's all the time we have, but this is this is such an interesting, I know we've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, and, and I sort of know what struggles you've been having with this program. <laughs> we can't tell our listeners when this show is going to air, because we're still <laughs> looking for parents, actually, <laughs> to speak to us. So if you are a parent, and you have or have not vaccinated your your daughter, and you'd like to speak to us about it, please uh, write if to you'd us. Li- I think we should say, if you'd like to share with other parents how you made your decision, the process you went through. Yes, exactly. It doesn't matter if you did or you didn't, or, or the church is not going to say that you did something wrong. Um, as, as you heard, we've clarified that it's not about getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. We just want to be able to share with yeah. with other parents to help them, to inform them, to help them make their decision. So uh, send us an email, write, write to us at... <laughs> at radio org. so thank you very much Alicia thank you Pedro this uh, Alicia Ambrosio is a producer for Salt and Light Television she's been working on a Catholic focus episode looking at the HPV vaccine controversy and again if you want to get a hold of Alicia to help her out with her program or to express your opinion about the vaccine the email address is radio at org. here now is our featured artist of the week Divine with their song Psalm 67 Let the peoples praise you. Let the people praise you, let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let the people praise you, let all the peoples praise you, our Lord God most high. Be gracious, O God, and bless us.
That was Divine with Psalm 67, Let the Peoples Praise You, from their album Not Ordinary. And we will be speaking with Father Tim Divine in about five minutes. But first, tomorrow is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we're so close to Christmas. And usually about now, we lose track that it's Advent, and we're so focused on Christmas. So here to help us stay focused on Advent is John Michael Talbot with this week's Advent Reflection. As we near the end of Advent, we're called in a special way to come home, to come home to Jesus, to come home to the church, the people of God, to come home to our families, to our friends, to our co-workers. Because as we come home to Jesus, then we're able to be more at home wherever we are with our family, with our friends, with our co-workers, at church. He also calls us to become little children. We must leave the false sophistications, even the religious ones, of the person we've allowed ourselves to become, the one that doesn't make us happy, the one that doesn't make other people very happy either. To let go of that person, to let God, to die, to be born again, to let the old false sophistications die and to become children of God once more.
his yoke is easy and his burden light. Come home, oh little children. Come home, come home to stay. Come home to our Father. Come drink of the water of life. All whose soul is hungering, he is the bread of life. Come home. Come That was John Michael Talbot inviting us to come home this fourth week of Advent. The song was Come Home, Little Children. If you want to know more about John Michael Talbot, you can visit his website, johnmichaeltalbot.com. Hi, this is Christopher West from the Theology of the Body Institute. You are listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Almost seven years ago, I met Matt and Tim Devine. They were part of the Catholic rock group Critical Mass. When I met them, I met two very talented musicians and composers, but I, but I also met two brothers who love Jesus and who are committed to service to him and to the church. And if I learned anything, I learned that they're anything but ordinary. Father Tim Devine joins me now on the phone from Ottawa. Tim, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you very much, Pedro. I, I need to get still get used to calling you Father Tim. It's That's all right. But you've been a priest for six years, so you think I'd, I'd, I'd get with it, eh? You know, some people call me Father Time, though. But <laughs> That's a whole other thing. I don't yeah. know. Um, the, I, I, the name Not Ordinary, I want to start there because that's your album, Not Ordinary. It's a great song. Um, we actually already listened to it in the program. Where does that come from? The song comes out of the... Uh, mind of my brother who was just really trying to you know, write a song with uh, you know, um, some lyrics that really just expressed how unique we are as Christians just by the grace that's been given to us and that's sometimes I think we find uh, you know we just got to blend into live an ordinary life and really stop and think about it it's the idea that really if we you know, God living within us in the temples of the Holy Spirit we're not ordinary at all we're, we're clear the call from God in our life and so it's just uh, the exciting song to, to write and to, to perform. So we're not we're not ordinary meaning that we're special and unique in, in because we're created by God. Right. Right. Um so you and your brother Matt, you guys play music, you you Tim, you play the keyboard and Matt plays the guitar mostly. Um, I'm sure you, there are other instruments there that I don't know that you play, but it 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 makes me think that you grew up in a musical actually I know you grew up in a musical household because I know your dad, but so what was it like growing up in the Divine Household? Well, it was always uh, with my dad playing the guitar and singing even when we were little kids and um, you know, at, uh, doing dishes and you know, singing 
<laughs> while we're doing that and the family being over, lots of people like to sing a lot. And so uh, uh, it always in the, the children's choirs at school and at the yeah. church. And so I think through through the years, it was always uh, fun to have music going, but it was really uh, me who took it to another level by in, uh, getting into piano. Because we're more of a guitar and singing family. And okay. Uh, my brother and I were learning guitar from my dad, and apparently I was doing a little bit better than my brother, and he was getting frustrated because he's an older brother, so he should be doing better than me. Right. And uh, and so I said, hey, Dad, how about maybe uh, I learn a different instrument, and then that way we can play together. Okay. And my dad thought that was great, so we got some piano lessons going, and I kind of took it from there, and then it really paid off in the end. Well, let me just make this note at this point now, because I haven't mentioned it, and, and, and people are listening to it. They can't see you. You are visually impaired. So how did that? How, why piano? <laughs> yeah, I just, I guess you know, I did. I wasn't thinking straight. I just, thought, <laughs> I thought of something. What's, what's another instrument I know that's not the guitar? The piano, um, and you know, it really was uh, difficult because there was obviously all the notes to read, and my dad uh, knew how to do some sight reading because he also played the clarinet a little bit in high school. Okay, and so he was able to. Uh, learn the music himself and, and poke at it, out, poke it out in there, and uh, and, I, and then I just learned by him basically repeating and memorizing what my dad was doing. And then once it got to about grade three piano, it got a little bit too uh, intense uh-huh. for my dad, and so I had to switch gears and switch over to more uh, jazz piano, which is more chord based. Right. And uh, and so just by learning my scales and triads, the rest of it was learning just how to improvise with that, and that's where I was able to be, uh, not be too intimidated. That's right, because you you obviously can't read the music. You have to feel your way through the piano, so you can play by ear. Um, um, uh, what was it like growing up in terms of of uh, your involvement in church? Well, most of the years it was pretty much just going to church on Sundays, uh, yeah. and then trying to get involved in the, in the youth group events when we were a little older. Um, the odd retreat here and there in high school, but really it was. Uh, you know, it was. It wasn't that we did anything extra in our devotionals, uh, but it just it was just open. It was just there was a freedom to talk about it. It wasn't really until it was forced on us. It was just uh, the naturality to our religious expression, and and but then through that, just getting started to getting more into some other things like later on uh, with devotionals of you know we're trying to do daily mass and rosary and those kind of things. A little later, uh, late high school, early university. And, but right. up until that point, it was pretty much just, you know, just Sunday Mass, and yeah, we, you know, uh, but it was definitely just really free to talk about God and talk about the things, talk about all the things that are Catholic in my home uh, without really a right. big deal. So it was normal. It was ordinary. <laughs> it was ordinary, but I realized it was not ordinary compared to all my other neighbors. <laughs> exactly. Um, just a note for anyone joining the program right now. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking with Father Tim Devine. Uh, he's our featured artist of the of, of the week. He and his brother Matt are part of the group Divine. Um, I was going to ask you, um, because uh, a couple years ago, I actually was talking to your brother Matt about you uh, going into the seminary. And he told me that for him, that sort of he felt like that came out of the out of the blue, um, but obviously th- those things don't happen out of the blue. So for you, growing up where Catholicism and church is something that's normal, were some of these ideas in terms of vocation that calling kind of in your heart from a long time when you were younger? Certainly, I'd always thought it'd be uh, 
nice to be a priest, you know, but, but I just figured I couldn't. No one told me that because I was blind I couldn't, uh, you know, be a priest. Right. But I just sort of made that decision on my own, I guess, and, and then I just pursued um, psychology and University of Waterloo for three years. And, uh, Ecology? Uh, sorry, psychology. Oh, psychology, okay, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so for me, uh, it, was, it was something that I, in university I realized, you know, I'm really honest with myself. Who am I kidding, man? I'd love to be a priest. And, and with a more adult understanding of what I could and couldn't do uh, with my disability, I, I, I realized, you know what, I think I can at least go to seminary and try out the philosophy and theology program, and if it just really was too intense, so well, at least I, I tried, you know? Right. I just had to really, as much as I like psychology, I realized there's something in me that I really want to focus more on spirituality and where people are at, and, and I just felt that my life uh, while I was kind of blending in, uh, even though I was Catholic, it was just doing what I was just thought, you know, when I read the lives of the saints, there's something so much more going on, and I wanted that. I wanted that sensation of just going for broke and just giving my life away, and just started pondering those things more, kind of started becoming like the sense of a, a call, you know? So yeah. You hear God's voice saying, you know, shall I become a priest, or whatever. Yeah, 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 I just yeah. thought, hey, I'd like... I really, this is something, if I'm really honest with myself and who I am, I think I at least owe it to myself to go for it. To go for it. Happens. Now, during the time when you were in university, and that's kind of, I think, the glory days of critical mass, yeah. um, music was this huge part of your life. Um, how did, now you've been a priest now for six years, uh, six or seven, six years. Actually, seven now. Really? Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Seven years. So how does the music fit into your, your, uh, your, your ministry now, your priestly ministry now? Yeah, like definitely... Uh, once it was ordained, I thought, oh no, like I, my role shifted now, I'm, I'm in the sanctuary now, not in the choir loft, you know, I, have yeah. to, I can't run back and forth, so I have to, uh, you know, um, shift gears, but in the, you know, outside of, uh, you know, within liturgy, I'm able to obviously, like, work with the, with the, with the parish, and I enjoy working with them, and I also enjoy, uh, uh, you know, on the off you know, chance with the youth ministry, other people to perf- play and perform music, or yeah. to, uh, you know, just be praise and worship or things like that. And so I really enjoy uh, doing that, but it's it's definitely, uh, I guess, taking a backseat compared to the, what I used to do. But it's always right. still, I can't help myself from still wanting to write and to play. And to, yeah, I guess you sit at the piano and uh, tinker anyway. You bet. Um, uh, Tim, it's been really good talking to you. I, I wanted to ask you just, just in closing, because I know that there's the one album, Not Ordinary, and it's, uh, I, I have to be honest with you, it's one of my favorite a Catholic artist albums I, I love it I listen to it all the time and, and we've used some of your music for our show In Your Faith so I and I think it works really well do you have any plans for any other I know that you're in Ottawa Matt's here in uh, Mississauga or in Brampton and and any plans for more music yeah we're we're sort of you know we, we've experienced with previous recordings with Critical Mass and even with, with the Not Ordinary album that we're, we're surprised that those albums even exist <laughs> you know, because we, you know th- the things going on in our lives were still busy even then, so I thought that uh, you know this th- we're still Matt and I are still plugging away. We have mm-hmm. a, a good core of songs on the go. We've even uh, recorded three already, kind of in the, they're sort of on the shelves. So we're hoping that God willing, another miraculous uh, thing will happen, and we'll, we'll be able to present something else in the, in the future. Oh, good, so I'm looking forward to that because uh, you guys do good work, certainly. Um, so l- make sure you let me know so we can have you maybe we can have both of you on the program and we can talk about that dead new album okay that's great that'd be great so thank you so much Tim it's been a great great pleasure talking to you 
Thanks, Pedro. God bless you. You too. Thank you. That was Father Tim Devine. He's a priest with the Companions of the Cross in Ottawa. He's also one half of the group Divine. The other half is his brother, Matt. Um, sadly, there is no website, but if you want to find out more about Divine or even how to find that, that album, Not Ordinary, send me an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org, and I will hook you up. Here now is another one of their songs, and this is one of my favorites, Walk You Home. Just to tell you that I love you Is it what you need to hear right now? Words only last as long as we're talking But you drifted away somehow Know that I am always with you Never too far, too far That was Divine with Walk You Home. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. 
Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org and our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. Now here with me again is Mary Rose. Yes, good to be back, Pedro. So where do we continue? Well, we're going to be starting again with Toronto. So Young Adults in Action is meeting at 7 p.m. on January 7th and every month they explore new facets of the social services provided in Toronto so you can have a chance to meet and hear from experts in those fields. So you can join Father Santo Arrigo to examine what has been learned in the light of faith and then launch into action with some hands-on experiences that will be both challenging and fun. So call Father Arrigo at 416-593-6520 or email him at vocations at redemptorist.ca. And you're also invited to celebrate the Year of the Priest at St. Bridges Parish. Father Henry McCurlin will be hosting a Colbe Eucharistic mini-retreat on January 9th at 2 p.m. And he'll be speaking on the importance of the Mass in our lives. So you can visit www.colbeapostolate.com for more information. And finally, PEI. The 2010 Catholic Youth Ministry Conference is being held in Charlottetown, PEI from January 22nd to the 24th. And the keynote speaker is Father John Deere, who is a Jesuit, a peace activist, lecturer, and writer. And he'll be guiding listeners to find peace within and to bring harmony to a world torn by hatred and violence through following in the footsteps of Christ. So that's um, that's the Catholic Youth Ministry Conference. You can visit www.ccymn.ca to register. So that's it, Mary Rose. Thank you very much. Uh, that's it for events for us for now, but I'm sure that there are lots of things happening in your parishes, in your diocese for Christmas, concerts, all kinds of things. And I'm sure everybody's really busy, but if you're looking for something to do, check up with your parish or call your diocesan office. Um, and uh, there's always an opportunity to get reconnected with the church, especially at this time of the year. So uh, th uh, thank you very much, Mary Rose. Um, and a reminder, let us know what's happening in your diocese. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Mary Rose Bacani. It's less than one week till Christmas, and so we want to let you know about some programs you can hope to watch during this season. And there is a lot. So quickly, for you Witness fans, Father Rosica speaks to Rabbi David Novak on December 20th, and the following Sunday, December 27th, he speaks to singing seminarian and Salt and Light radio guest Robert Galea. So that's Witness with Father Tom Rosica every Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 9.30 p.m. Pacific time. And our lead-up to Christmas begins tomorrow night, uh, um, an hour after Witness, uh, with Harmony, an evening with the priests, the concert we filmed with them two weeks ago. It's airing at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So that's Harmony, an evening with the priests, tomorrow, Sunday, December 20th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And a feature interview with the priests actually aired tonight. But if you missed it, it will air again next Sunday, December 27th, also at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And on Tuesday, December 22nd, tune in for Nothing More Beautiful from Edmonton. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. On Wednesday, December 23rd, you don't want to miss Christmas in Rome. This is a look at the traditions and celebrations of Christmas in Rome. 
Right, that's at 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday. And we can't forget to remind you as well that the Christmas Eve Mass live from Rome with Pope Benedict will air on December 24th at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And on Christmas Day, we will be airing a Christmas Day Mass live from St. Basil's Church in Toronto. This one is celebrated by our very own Father Thomas Rosica. And that's at 11 a.m. And don't forget as well that we have a ton of children's Christmas programming on that day. We have Martin the Cobbler, Michael the Visitor, The First Christmas, Nicholas the Boy Who Became Santa Claus, and Reuben, Grandpa Jacob's First Christmas Donkey. So all those programs for kids start at 8 a.m. Again, Eastern Time, 8 a.m. in the morning. So something for your kids to do if you want to get a little bit of extra sleep. Now, <laughs> Mary Rose... This is, our, this is our last regular program for the year. Next week, yes. there will be a show, but it's a special, but it's going to be our 50th. And so we want to thank all our listeners for being with us for all this time. And we want to tell you that if you like what you hear, please keep us in your prayers. Yes, we need your support. And if you're able, please include us in your annual giving this year. That's right, because that is the only way we can continue to do the work that we do. And also, we want to thank all the people involved in the making of our program. Our executive producer is Father Thomas Rosica, and our sound technician is Javier <laughs> Capella. Yes, we'd be nowhere without Javier. Actually, I think Javier's <laughs> birthday is today, <laughs> December 19th, so happy birthday, Javier. So again, next week, we're taking a bit of a break to bring you a special Christmas edition of Salt and Light Radio. It'll be Boxing Day, so we hope that you can join us. And it'll be a great show with songs and words of Christmas. So, thank you for being with us. It's been a great year. And thank you for sharing with us the season of Advent. And we wish you and your loved ones a blessed and happy Christmas. I'm Miro Spacani. And I'm Pedro. And this has been Salt and Light Radio.